welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. Hopefully I can talk today. (laughs) Um, I'm Jillian Aurora, and I'm here with my co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi, guys. And we're joining you from Zoom today. Um, it's so nice to be able to have this technology that mostly works, right? Um, and allows us uh, the convenience. So thank you for being here with us today. We are live every Thursday morning in our group Braveheart Conversations. You can follow us there and join the conversation, request topics, whatever you'd like to do, review any of our past episodes. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, all the different places. So please feel free to check out any of our past episodes. Today, we are going to be talking about embracing pleasure and desire. And this is a topic I really wish that I had explored more as a younger person because um, I spent a lot of my life condemning pleasure and desire or dismissing it or minimizing it. It just wasn't something that was um, was perceived as I wasn't supposed to make it valuable, right? My desire was like on the very bottom of the totem pole. Um, up here was like obligation and responsibility and other people's needs. I had all of these other things and then, you know, once all my obligations were done and once I thought about everybody else, then I can think about what uh, what my desires might be, what I wanted. And unfortunately, I know for me, and I still struggle with this, I can very easily fill up all of my time with all of these things and never, ever, ever, ever get to my own desire. And I spent a lot of a lot of my life not ever taking time for me. And not only time, but even thinking about investing money in myself, um, going to do things like paying for things that were strictly pleasure, or even justifying buying myself things. And um, I still will sometimes catch myself going, oh, yeah, this is a really pretty shirt. I got it for three bucks at Ross. You know, it's like justifying that. um it didn't cost me very much, and how dare I spend any money on it? Yeah, you know, that 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 thinking that is so um, deeply embedded in me, and so really practicing flying in the face of that and saying, no, actually, I'm totally worth investing in, and when I'm full, and when I am fully um, embracing and um, validating my desires and the pleasure that I was born to have, right, then I'm actually able to meet all of these other things so much easier and with a full heart and um, with a cheerful spirit. Um, I give of those things because I feel inspired to and because I love doing it, not because, um, oh my gosh, I have to dredge through all of this work before I can have any fun or before I can have any pleasure. So I want to talk about, you know, some of the the programming that we're often subconscious about around desire 
and how that actually, you know, some of the buzzwords that come up for me when I'm thinking about desire and what has kept me from that are things like discipline, mm-hmm. um, deprivation, right? I've deprived myself a lot and we can talk about some areas like food, right? Um, it's been really popular to deprive ourselves of basic things like food and sleep. And, um, and we actually like pride ourselves in how little we can give ourselves, which I think is really destructive actually. Um, and that has been a huge pattern in my life that I'm really acutely aware of now. And so I'd like to flesh that out a bit more. Um, I'd love to give Marie a, a chance to speak on the topic as well. What comes up for you, Marie, when we talk about desire and how has like discipline and suppression of your desire played a role in your life? Oh, as you were talking, I'm going check, 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 um, all the things. Um, because we, I was programmed at a very young age um, to to be not desirable, you know, not desire oriented um, as far as sex, save it for marriage, um, as far as um, as far as any kind of pleasure that was um, for people that um, what's it just wasn't for the life that we were creating for ourselves. And, and we were always last on the list. And I, I grew up in a very dominant um, patriarchal um, family where um, our, our desires were to be whatever our husbands, our fathers, our brothers wanted and our desires didn't count or matter. And, um, and, and honestly, I've had a conversation or two with some members of my family where they go, yeah, I, I knew that was happening. <laughs> um, it didn't bother me. Right. And, and I get that and I understand that, but at the same time, how do you break that pattern? But I just know that I, I would just like, oh, whatever my husband wants and whatever. And, and just as you said, my my needs and desires just went further and further and further and further down the list. And I felt myself very resentful. I felt myself almost like a, a child going, but why don't I get any of the things that I want? So I had that, you know, childlike um, thing, like, but like maybe a tinder, temper tantrum. Why don't I get the things? I, I just know that I was created in this way with these wants and desires. And if I was created, how could it be? wrong that I had them. It took me a long time. So I wish I could get those years back too. So I have a lot more years than you stuck in those patterns. But even sometimes today you go, oh, look what I'm doing. And, and taking the time to um, do those things that I enjoy, like even a massage, like how much does it cost? And it's going to be two hours. And, and it, you know, like, like you said, justifying it all but I really need this right now. I don't have to justify it. It sounds really good right now. But yeah, still finding those patterns showing up. Yeah, so a couple of things for me really played into that mindset. Um, I know like scarcity is a big part too. Like, oh, uh, I don't have enough and I need to think about everybody else's needs first or I need to think about all these responsibilities first. And um so time, time scarcity and money scarcity were really big pieces of that. Like 
no, you don't, don't deserve to have your desires until you have enough money and you, you know, done all of your, your work and your chores and all these responsibilities. Work before play. (laughs) Work before play always. And, um, the lie in that is that work is ever done. So I could spend the rest of my life working, 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 never being officially done and never really getting a chance to enjoy my life because I keep telling myself that I don't deserve to have fun and play until I have all of the work done, which is just a bullshit story. Um, it, it's only true if you make it true. You know, if you live your life in that way and with that value system, system and standard, then you'll really never allow yourself the time to have pleasure and play and, and your desires because unless you carve out time for them and you intentionally say, I'm going to honor myself and I'm going to put the work aside, right? I'm going to put the work aside because actually, The reality that I have found is when I honor my desires, when I actually honor my need for play or pleasure or whatever it is that I'm really wanting, when I actually do that, I'm so much more um, involved and productive in my work or sometimes um, taking a break and just playing and just enjoying myself. Yeah. will give me clarity about how maybe my work needs to change. You know, maybe I'm not, um, you know, maybe I'm not operating in a work that's resonating for me anymore. And when I actually take time for myself, I can have the time to see that and to maybe change course. But if I'm just stuck in the grind all the time, it's really hard to ever have a different awareness. So, I mean, work is a really big thing. I also really want to touch on um, sex because it's not talked about. And Can we go back to work just to finish that one for me? Yeah. Um, I, my, um, I had this meeting with um, a friend and, and it started out as a friend thing. And then we got to talking for two hours and it was actually about our business. And then I went, oh, I even caught myself. And that was recently where I go, we've been here two hours. And I go, and, and then I was feeling guilty about that. And I was also feeling guilty about taking her time, which she can take care of if she needed to go, she could have, but it was the most productive two hours that I'd had in a long time. And it, it grew me leaps and bounds of where I was. And it's that daydreaming time, that time to, to just, like you said, play and not think about the grind because maybe I do need to shift or pivot or or create something new or just we don't leave enough time for ourselves to really relish in the what ifs and the could have. And that's how we expand and grow not only our business, but ourselves. And then the other part I wanted to say is when that cup was full, I was inspired to do more work. And like you said, be more productive and be really enjoy the work that I'm doing. So thank you for letting me just add those little bits before we move on to sex, because that that's gonna take us down a different road. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's a huge lie that we told ourselves that we must work, 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 and not play until the work is done. You know, a lot of times the play is really productive work, 
Um, and that was because they lived in some very harsh times. Like, you know, my family went through the depression. And so they were, their resources were very limited. And I can see where those paradigms came down. But it doesn't really serve us very well right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I want to talk about a couple of things. One is sexuality being so taboo, especially for women. Um, I want to talk about the history of um, women's sexuality as well. There was a time not so long ago where um, women's sexuality was so frowned upon, it was seen as satanic. It was actually seen as a demonic force, that a woman was actually evil if she enjoyed sex and if she uh, was too tempting. And so I just want to acknowledge the deep um, ancestral trauma that still resides in our bodies from experiencing um, even death because women, a lot of women were murdered for um, simply expressing sexuality. And so I want to acknowledge that there's, there's a history there and there is a deeper reason why we often shy away and judge ourselves for having um, just normal human sexuality, right? Um, we make it a, a normal thing for men usually to be sexual beings. Like um, that's, uh, that was a deeply incredible uh, embedded programming for me was that um, men were sexual and so then you know it was our job to manage their sexuality and to um, make sure that we weren't tempting them and um, really taking a lot of the responsibility for their own thoughts and their desires and behaviors it was really inappropriate and then um, and then on our side of the street really um, being, being told that, uh, being very controlled and having no desire was, you know, the, the purest and best way to be a woman. So well, acknowledging those programmings, I think is really key. Go ahead, Marie. No, I just even, um, sorry, there was a lag. So I, I waited for, uh, I was thinking about what happened yesterday with the shootings and, and that's on that old paradigm of women being the temptress and 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 that he had no responsibility for that and so I just wanted to bring that up because that we still have that very prevalent in society even now yeah um yeah it is it's really really prevalent I grew up with um with being told it was my responsibility to make sure I managed my body in a way that um, really catered to whatever fucked up reality I thought was men's way of being. And, and it's dishonoring to both sides. You know, I really thought that um, by controlling myself to make sure men didn't have desires, you know, that somehow I had some control over them, which is ridiculous. It's also ridiculous to think that men are just pigs, right? That's really dishonoring. It's really yeah. dishonoring to reduce men to animals that can't control themselves. That's, mm -hmm. it's silly, it's, it's really backwards. Um, and 
you know, not only can they control themselves, but we also, I think, need to get over this idea that we have to minimize ourselves and we have to cover ourselves up because we're so, um, so tempting and bad. Really, that's the message that we get is that we're, we're so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to acknowledge that, yes, we have desires. They're not the same for everyone. And you don't have control over anybody else's desires. That's their job to um, manage their desires, to meet their desires. Um, so, you know, staying in our own lane, I think, is important. And um, Marie, do you have anything else to add to sexual desire, please? Um, just that, just to recognize that back to that creative we we were created to be this desirous being and recognizing those and taking out the shame because there's sometimes a lot of shame involved when we're um talking about our sexual thing or not talking about our sexual things too right um so sometimes the not talking of things has this shame component if you were going to go go there um you know um we can open that up but it's it's okay to satisfy those desires as well as satisfy our own desires, which have been really ruled by a lot of religious um, religious rules and regulations on what what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and um, and then also we can probably go over this too. But just having that equal pleasure, because it was always to me always okay for the guy to to have what he needed and everything and and they wouldn't wait for us or you know what I mean like um it, just having equal amounts of pleasure that it was okay for me to have that desire to want to be complete all the way through orgasm just as much as as he was and um yeah so yeah I, I said that out loud <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be said out loud thank you it does. <laughs> perfect time to recommend the book to uh, Pussy by Regina Thomas Hour. It's a good book. Really great book. Um, really talks about sexuality in women and that it's it's not something that just is second rate, right? Because we've, we've really made that second rate. Um, that it's maybe important, but not as important as men. You know, uh, one of men's like basic desires is what? You know, what have we all been told? That's right. One of men's um, deep needs is sex. And that it's just simple. They're simple and we're complex. All of that is just bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have those too. I'm a very sexual being. Although um, I do also want to address that sometimes shame comes up when, because I'm older and um, and I know that there are problems that come up with that, both for men and women. And I want people to understand that that those fluctuate, you know, those needs and desires do fluctuate and that it's normal. But um, I think we put some shame around the performance, like, gosh, I don't have this raging desire I had when I was 20 and um, or and what's wrong with me. So going to that, you know, that side, too, is is what the shame and blame is that I put on myself when I am not feeling the way I'm supposed to feel, which is a very normal thing because 
hormones are all crazy and fluctuating. So I just wanted to add that little piece for some of the women out there who might be going through a little bit of that. Yeah, and I think that that can be at any age too. And I think, you know, we really, there's a little bit of a different topic, but, you know, when our bodies are not experiencing the sex drive that we think that it's supposed to, we get to be curious about what's going on. Like why, why is our body putting on the brakes? And sometimes there's a bigger reason there. It could be a medical reason, but it also could be a relationship reason. You know, um, we like to put sex in a compartment. Like, you know, if the rest of our relationship has some issues, then we can just put that aside and be able to be intimate. And I just don't think we're wired that way. Right. Our bodies will will sense if we are safe to be vulnerable. And yeah. if we're not, then it will put the brakes on because it's serving us, right? It's right. trying to um, do something that is loving for us. And sometimes that is saying, no, um, I, I'm not open to being vulnerable with this person. So, you know, we get to be a lot more um, honoring of our bodies and what it's asking for. Yeah, I only brought it up only because I do think there are some some beliefs under that about either one, be, either partner being able to perform that you know, yep. something's wrong with them. And I just wanted to make it okay that th that fluctuation happens for all of Normal. us. Yeah. I used to think that I was broken and I would, I'd read, I'd read all the, you know, sex therapist books or um, seek out information. And a lot of it was really harmful, actually. Um, a lot of what is out there is just do it anyway, just force yourself. And I'm just like, no, don't do that. Listen, listen to your body and you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, so yeah, I don't want to spend all of our time. No, yeah, let's go. So no, I'm ready. Okay, I want to make sure that we're able to talk about a few other um, portions of just this idea of discipline and deprivation is so um, opposite of uh, honoring our desires. And we specifically do that in a couple of areas. Sexuality is one for sure. Um, you know, depriving ourselves of sex when we are not in a relationship can be, um, you know, a really popular thing as well. That, that we're, you know, we'll pride ourselves in being able to not have it, not have sex, not have food, um, and not have sleep, and not have fun. Like these are really big areas that um, we, particularly um, as women, um, tend to lean towards. Um, I used to very much pride myself in being able to um, work from, you know, whatever, get up at six in the morning and I can work all the way till 10 at night or 11 at night and never take any breaks. That is not something to be proud of anymore. <laughs> no. Um, why am I proud of how little I can give myself? You know, that's, that's pretty messed up. Um, food is another area where, um, you know, I really pride myself in being able to eat as least as possible. And what really changed my mindset in that arena is I competed in a bodybuilding competition and it really rewired a lot of my thinking around food and deprivation. Um, I had participated in cleanses and fasts 
And um, a lot of those things revolved around eating very little or nothing um, and being able to uh, function with nothing. And um, what I learned, what I discovered as I, I really built my body is nourishment is really important. Like it's your fuel. And so I learned to eat a lot more, but learn how to, how to master um, eating consistently and um, eating a, a macro portion that was really um, help, you know, supporting my body and, um, and giving me the specific fuel that I needed. And I remember just being absolutely floored at times when I was eating close to 200, 200, uh, 2000 calories a day, not 200. I almost said 200,000, which would be really quite a feat. <laughs> days, days. <laughs> um, but 2,000 2, calories a day, um, where, you know, dieting, my dieting brain would say, you know, 1,200 calories a day, which yeah. is really not going to support the average woman in what she needs just to, you know, have her digestive system function and her eyelashes grow and, you know, the normal things that our bodies do. Like, our body is a really beautiful um, machine. You know, it, it does for us what we what we need to support our life, um, our, our being. And so to pride myself in giving my body less and less and less um, and to be less and less and less. Not um, healthy. <laughs> yeah, not healthy and just sad looking back, really sad that I thought of myself that way. And um, I judged myself for having the fuel I needed and I judged myself for needing too much and I judged myself for taking up too much space. Which starts affecting us mentally and emotionally too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when I really changed that, that programming and I started fueling myself more, what was really interesting was I stopped worrying so much about my size. And the space I took up and the needs that I had. And I started meeting those needs unapologetically. And instead of being worried about my size, I worried about my strength. And I got stronger. And it felt amazing to be stronger. And um, you don't get to be stronger without being unapologetic of meeting your needs and your desires. That was a huge lesson for me. Really, really huge lesson not to need less. Yeah. Marie, do you have any experience in that department with food and dieting and deprivation in those areas as well? <laughs> There's always a desire for more. I, I actually, um, we had a lock on our refrigerator when I was growing up. And so, um, and we weren't allowed to have sweets or anything like that. And and the the ultimate goal was good, but but it actually got me in that mode of it was bad and wrong to want or desire sweets or to want anything. And and to this day, I'm not a sweets person, which is actually kind of good for me. But um, I just remember as soon as I got out of 
the, the home, I was like, I, my house was stocked with sweets. I never ate them, but it was interesting that I had them. And so then it caused a lot of, um, the other suppression was working, working, working so hard that I didn't eat. Um, I wouldn't eat till like 4.30. And then I ended up gaining weight because I wasn't eating. And it wasn't intentional at that time. It was just working too much and not, not filling myself or those needs. And then it came to, I also did a, um, I did a weightlifting competition, which is what um, a different, a little different than the bodybuilding, but I was eating and I was, I was, I was with the same trainer that Jillian has and we were eating and it was only 1500 calories, but I felt so full because it was the right calories and I felt amazing and being up on stage and pumping up the muscles and having it was just an amazing feeling so I have gotten to see and feel what that feels like to be truly nourished and to eat the things that I want to and when it comes to choice when I'm at choice if I if I choose not to eat something is better is a, a, a different viewpoint mindset than saying I can't have something, right? I choose not to have this right now because my goal and my values for this competition are higher than my goals and values of wanting that piece of cake or whatever the thing is. So. Yeah, I, I think it was really pivotal, pivotal for me to prioritize strength over smallness. Mm. Um, so like, you know, training for that competition you were, like, yeah, you were still eating. You were still eating probably more than most women. Um, I know even at my um, cutting amount of food was still more than I often was holding myself. Or yeah, every time that I went on a dieting craze, I was eating smaller than what I did when I was cutting. Like that's still pretty incredible to me. Um, so anyway, just changing the idea, like, am I, am I trying to fit myself into these beauty ideals, really that cater to what, right? Men's sexual desires, again, or men's desires in general, or am I, am I truly investing in myself and um, nourishing myself in order to hit my own goals, right? My own strength. Um, am I unapologetic of my needs and desires to get me to what lights me up? So that's, that's a big paradigm shift. Um, I'd love to talk for a minute about investing in ourselves. So more about financial piece that also so many women struggle with. I, I was so proud of my ability to not spend anything on me. Um, I used to participate in regular money fasts where I would spend a whole month not spending a dime on myself. And um, I thought that I just had fantastic discipline. And it did take some discipline, but I really now imagine myself being, you know, like a, an old time Catholic priest that's like whipping myself um, you know, and oh my gosh, look at how amazing I am because I can endure so much pain. Like, man, how sadistic was I to do that? Um, and today I'm not ashamed of 
celebrating myself and investing in myself, whether that is, you know, I spent $7,000 in one shot on a coach. Now that was, that was a big investment for me. That was the most amount of money I'd ever spent on myself. And it was really empowering. It was so empowering. Um, and it really, it really did help me boost my own self-esteem um, and my own self-worth. Like, I, yes, I am worthy of investing that amount of money in, in my own development and trying yeah. to um, nourish me and push me forward and give me the encouragement and the tools that I need. Um, you know, Marie, you were part of a ceremony for me recently mm-hmm. um, where my name changed and I accepted the name Aurora as my last name, uh, a name that I chose instead of one that was given to me by birth by an old uh, outdated patriarchal system. And um, so I now have the last name Aurora and Marie helped me celebrate that by uh, anointing me and really getting to acknowledge and celebrate that change. But I also, you know, the whole week leading up, um, I, I bought myself things to celebrate because it's, it's a party and I get to celebrate me. And we celebrate lots of other things and we justify celebrating, you know, other people's weddings or other people's accomplishments. But sometimes, um, you know, very often we don't take the time to celebrate ourselves and our own wins and and even just for the hell of it right just because <laughs> yeah and i i'm so proud of who i am mm-hmm. and um so taking a moment to do that and you know buying yourself some special food buying yourself some special clothing um something that you've been putting off for a while like uh buying yourself flowers buying yourself a nice perfume like those things are meaningful and important and we often downplay their importance but they are really really important and they are part of acknowledging our sacredness mm-hmm. and our our own divinity because we are all divine beings and and that deserves some celebration and that deserves some um, acknowledgement so marie um, I know that this is not uh, an arena that you are a stranger to. So tell me more about how you celebrate yourself and that you you take intentional moments to do that. I think even taking quiet time, carving out special time to get centered and ready to um, look at my thoughts, to, to even... Um, Take time out for prayer, meditation, celebration. I'm I'm a big fan of celebration. I mean, I taught five year olds. They they know how to have fun, and it's not like um, they'll still do the work, but a place like number one, it's like they're not asking when they can, you know, sit down and do that. And I just think that that just thinking through the eyes of a child and how much they enjoy embrace life and they do all the things right I can be all the things I can do all the things there's no compartmentalizing it's just what is what is bubbling up now and what is it that I I want to do now and how to be present just being present with what what's available and up for you right now and um it does light me up and then I'm able to just give wholeheartedly to so many when I do that and um 
it's it's just nourishing. I'm, I'm on fire when that happens. See, even just talking about it gets me like, oh, this is so exciting. Uh, you know, a two-hour massage. It took a little bit of time for me to say that that was okay. But when you're done, you're going, oh, that was so loving. And to feel the nurturing of another person, it was like, oh, I, I need to do that more often. And so just, you know, be curious. Like we, we always talk about, be curious, try it out um, and see, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any questions or comments? Cause it's kind of. No, actually, um, we got a comment that our link is, um, not working. So oh. I'm not sure we'll have to figure that out once we tie it up, but, okay. um, yeah, let's um, let's wrap up. So if you have any questions or feedback or comments, because um, it looks like uh, we're not able to accept any online as we're going live, but um, we'd love to hear that feedback. So yeah. if you would like to reach out to me, you can email me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or you can reach out to Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, we love getting any feedback from you or uh, requests for different topics, things that you'd like to really explore. Um, you can find any of our past episodes in the Braveheart Conversations group. You can also find them on uh, multiple podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Uh, I know you can find our podcast on my website as well, um, jillianaurora.com. And uh, we'd love to... Uh, hear any of your feedback or your experience with our podcast so please share yeah and next week we are going to be talking about uh the difference between transactional love and true intimacy mm. so transactional love is not love so mm. we're really excited for you to join that conversation with us next week every thursday morning and with that we all hope that you have a wonderful um next week. Thank you guys so much.